God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the ram's horn. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Now what? Can you imagine yourself as a disciple in this story? You followed Jesus, even to his death. He's risen from the dead, which after 40 days, you're probably still wrapping your mind around. And as soon as he's good and alive, he leaves again. Ascends in a way that you cannot follow. Now what? Do not let the mechanics of this story stop you from imagining how disorienting this must have been for those disciples who witnessed Jesus' ascension. Maybe your modern mind won't allow you to think of heaven as up and the earth as down. If that's the case for you, don't let that get in the way. You'll miss the whole point of the story. Jesus is gone. And that is a crisis for the first disciples. Jesus is gone, and that is a crisis for the church today. Even for us, who know the rest of the story, who know that Pentecost is coming, that the Holy Spirit moves through the church even today, that Jesus is still to be encountered in word and sacrament and one another. That is a crisis because Jesus, as the disciples knew him, with arms and legs, and a head, and a mouth, and eyes, with those feet that, in the most whimsical of artwork depicting the ascension, dangle beneath a cloud with little wiggling toes. <laughs> Jesus embodied like they were embodied. Jesus embodied like you and I are embodied. The whole point of the Incarnation, well, suddenly he's gone. I'd like a day with embodied Jesus, wouldn't you? In a week that has brought the death of school children, at the hands of a man, still a child himself, armed with a gun. While wars rage, and death and violence and disease strike closer to home here in our city, in our neighborhoods, in our lives, on top of all the regular things that make life hard, I would like a Jesus that I can go to not just in prayer, but in a hug, holding his hand 
feeling his touch, hearing his breath. Wouldn't you? How disorienting it is to follow an incarnate God who has ascended. Now Jesus has words for these disoriented disciples. Some of his last earthly words, in fact. You, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, he tells them. You are witnesses of these things. That the Messiah is to suffer and to rise on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Church, if you are disoriented at this story, if you are disoriented at the events of this week, Hear Jesus' words to you. You are my witnesses. My body is gone, but my spirit is with you. You are my witnesses. Repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in my name to all nations. Repent. This nation must repent. Beloved, that starts with you and with me. Not just a young man in Uvalde, Texas. Not just a corrupt gun lobby. Not just members of Congress. We all must repent of our collusion with the forces of violence and death that have left us a nation where such evil is commonplace. Church, we are called to repent, to stop, to turn around, to give up whatever we need to, whatever is standing in the way of loving God and loving our neighbors, whether that's our pride or our own sense of security and safety, our embarrassment that we actually might have good news to share with our neighbors, that there is a love stronger than death in the name of Jesus Christ, a love that might actually cause someone to lay down their weapons, might actually order a society in such a way that those weapons don't exist? We must repent. Repent and forgive. Forgive a violent shooter. Forgive spineless politicians. Forgive white supremacists, and all who peddle racism and bigotry and violence. 
forgive those who deal death. Beloved, if in Jesus, if in the waters of baptism and in the taste of this sacramental meal, you have known God's forgiveness for yourself, go. Go and forgive others. Go and show the same love you have felt in Christ to someone else, to someone who needs it. How much? (laughs) Not seven times, Jesus tells Peter earlier in the Gospels, but 70 times seven times. Forgive and forgive and forgive again, as long as it takes, as long as there is sin to forgive. Jesus has ascended in body. Yes, this is true, but this is what he has left us. His risen life, his Holy Spirit, his power to forgive as we have been forgiven, to share his love with the world, to share his love with this nation, with this city, with this neighborhood. Jesus is not gone. He goes every step of the way with us, leading us in word and in sacrament, in relationship, in our hearts. And we will do the work he has given us to do through him, by him, in the power of his spirit. For we can do none of this on our own. Two words from an ascending Jesus. Repent and forgive. I do not stand before you today and claim that this is easy work, especially in a week like this. But, but we can start by proclaiming to this nation and to all nations that forgiveness of sins is found in Jesus Christ, that in Christ God will always match our violence with peace, that in Christ God will always match our hatred with love, that in Christ God has matched death with life. So, my friends, are we disoriented? Repentance and forgiveness of sins is found in the name of Jesus. You are witnesses of these things. Until he comes again, as he promised he would.